Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Transform Church. Good morning, Transformers. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you here today and whenever you're watching this. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Tom Bekay and I'm one of the worship leaders and also the youth ministry director here at Transform Church at Catalyst Youth. We want to welcome you. First of all, I want to say thank you, Pastor Gregory, and happy birthday from last Thursday. Um, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to stand up here and share what God has put in my heart to Transform Church. We want to honor you as well. Thank you so much for your hard work, you know, during this tough time. We know that it's not easy, you know, leading us through this tough time, but we want to say thank you and we want to honor you and we want to serve you. We want to love you, Pastor Gregory. Thank you so much for leading us during this time. Church, let's get started. Transformers, let's get straight into it. Now, I have a few questions here that I'd love to ask each and every one of you. Who here thinks that they are good at everything they do? So first thing that you, that you, you the new thing that you do and, and um, you, you, you first get your hand on it and you're, really, you're suddenly really good at it. Hands up if that's you. That's not me. <laughs> now, who here thinks that they suck at everything they do? Hands up. Cool. Now, are you one of these people or are you, are you like some people who are in the middle? Right? Now, one last thing is that who is a person that every, every time they try something new, they give up at the first sign of trouble and they never, ever do it again? That's me sometimes. See, that's the problem of today, that everyone, including myself, is so busy having an expectation of perfection from the start, from the beginning, from the get-go. We pick things up and we try to learn it, we do it, and then if we can't do it, we give up, we throw in the towel, and then we drop it and never do it again. How many times have we done that before? You know, if you all didn't know this, I play a lot of badminton. Right, and I've been training, and I've been doing, um, I've been doing a lot of playing of badminton for the past couple of years, and I must say I've, I've gotten pretty good at it. Right? For those of you who don't know what badminton is, it's basically a sport similar to tennis, where you can play it as singles or one on one, or you could play as doubles, played two on two. The aim of this sport is to get the shuttle, this little thing here. Um, this shuttle has seen better days. Um, Onto the opponent's court and you cannot let it touch the ground or else the other team will um, get the point, right? And you get, a sh- you get a racket and a shuttle, okay? Now, I haven't been able to play badminton lately and you could tell by my physique and my figure that it's been a while because of this lockdown, uh, but I do miss playing. Now, I remember this one time, though, when I was just starting out. I was this newbie who just started playing um, and I started... I decided to get into this habit of, of going into games that I play against really good players, right? Or, and I have this mentality that I'm going to try really hard, but I know I'm going to lose, right? Because that's how you learn sometimes. You learn by losing. And especially in competitive sports, you learn a lot by losing, right? So, you know, I decided to play against really good players, right? So I play this guy named 
Aaron. And Aaron had, you know, Aaron was an athlete. He had, he was fast. He was quick. He was strong. He had the dreadlocks and everything. And he played professionally. And this guy, he travels around Australia to play against people, right? And he played against the, the best of the best in Australia. And he also played in the recent Commonwealth Games. So I was, I was walking around and I was watching this guy and I was playing against this guy, right? So I decided to play against him. And every time I'd hit the shuttle up high, he'd just smash it down full force, like 200 kilometers per hour or something. And I won't be able to hit it back. And every time I'd hit the drop shot, now what basically a drop shot is, is when you control the force of your hit, that the shuttle, the shuttle will just go over the net and it'll be hard for the, for the opponent to you know, to hit it, right? And every time I'd hit a drop shot, he'll just hit it back in the most ridiculous way. He'd do trick shots and everything like that, right? And every time I'd hit it as hard as I can, like, I mean, as hard as I can, he'd hit it back to me three times, five times, ten times harder, right? And it was tough. It was rough. And he was making me run around the court chasing the shuttle, Right? And he'd be laughing at me sometimes. He would even yawn sometimes because he was bored. And I knew that he was just playing around with me. Now, the game of badminton is its first one to 21. It's the first person to get to 21 points. And guess what the score was? The score was 21 and 1. He scored to 21 and I was at one point. And the only time I scored against him was when he hit the shuttle so hard that it went out of the court which becomes my point. And that's the only time I scored against this guy. That's right. I got trashed so hard and so bad that he didn't even give me the gesture of shaking my hand after the game. Instead, he just went next court, played a game straight away. All right? I was heartbroken. I was like, I was, I, I, I was hurt because I tried so hard. I tried with my very best, but it wasn't good enough. I was like, man... I hate this game. I hate this badminton game. I'm never, ever trying this again. Now, how many times have we been there? How many times have we told ourselves we're not good enough for this? So we give up. How many times have you told yourself that it's probably not for me? So you give up. You know, when new opportunities and new things and new levels come into your life, what do you do if it seems like you can't do it? Frankly, the question that, you, that we ask ourselves most of the time is like, what can I do? What can you do? What can I do? Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a solution to that. And I want you all to start thinking about this. Let's start thinking about this. And I want you all to dive in with me. Let's get, let's, um, let's get on board with this. And we some, it's this idea that we sometimes forget that this word exists. We, we either forget it or we choose to not even think about it, that we say it so many times that we've forgotten the meaning of it. It's the word yet. Y-E-T, yet. Now, I have three points that I would love for us all to try out. And I want, you all, I want to challenge you all this week to try it out. You've got nothing to lose. And I promise you that if you try these three things out this week, that when challenges come into your life, God will do miracles. Now, I know some of you are going through tough things right now at home, at work, at school. You know, I'm always worried about, you know, my Catalyst youth, my family at youth, the students at Catalyst youth, you know, because of remote learning. And that's a challenge for them. 
But I want to challenge us all this week, including myself, that when trials and challenges and mountains occur in your life, that you would remember the word yet. The word yet means, and I'm going to quickly define the word yet, just in case we forgot. The word yet means at this time, up to now, or at a future time. And sometimes we forget that this word exists, you know, and we use it in the wrong context, or we use it um, in, in different, different situations, like, can you hold on a second? I'm not, I don't have it yet. I'm not there yet. Just hold on. And I'd love for you all to try these three points, just three points. Just remember these three points. Try it out this week. I want to challenge you all this week. The first point, and if you're writing it down, it's this. I am not good at this yet. I am not good at this yet. It's so simple. It's so easy to say, but it's so hard to apply it in our lives sometimes. You know, we think, we think just that just because we have experience, just because we have the age and the wisdom, and that we've done so many great things in our lives, that we can do it straight away, that we can achieve it straight away. I want to remind us all that greatness doesn't come in one day. Success doesn't come in one day. Victory doesn't come in one day. It takes repetition and time to get to a level where you are confident in what you're doing and what you're supposed to do. We all know that. You know, it took 40 years of wandering around the desert to get to the promised land. It took 120 years to build an ark. It took Jesus' intense pain, heartache, torture, shame, and a painful crucifixion with a side of death and resurrection to save humanity. Like, think about it for a second. Think about it. If Moses gave up somewhere along the 15 to 20 years of wandering around the desert, would they have found the promised land? No. If, if Jesus just gave up and said, I don't want to do it anymore. If he just told the Romans that, hey, I'm ready to just deny God. I'm ready to accept what you're telling me. I'm ready to give up. We wouldn't be able to enjoy the blessing of the power, the spirit, the mercy and grace that we so fully enjoy and sometimes take for granted right now. So the next time, the next time, Transformers, that you're thinking of giving up, that when mountains and challenges come your way, tell yourself this, I am not good at this yet. I'm not good at this yet. I'm not good at following up with people yet. I'm not good at doing my accounts yet. Or I'm not good at saving my money yet. But it'll be okay. The next time when you try something new that seems impossible, that seems it's too hard to bear, or it's it, that you, when you go through new challenges, that it's like the end of the world, tell yourself, I am not good at this yet. You know, when I was playing against Aaron, in badminton, I was ready to give up. I was ready to throw in a towel, right? Something that I was passionate about, something that I was invested in, destroyed just right there and then. I was ready to give up. But you know what? I can tell myself now that I can't beat him yet. I'm not good at this yet. I can't do it yet. But with the right mindset, the training and passion, eventually I'll be able to do it. But I can't do it yet. 
Tell yourself that right now. Repeat it with me. I can't do it yet. I'm not good at this yet. Point number two. I don't understand this yet. I do not understand this yet. You know, this was one of the most brutal things that almost always brings me down every single time I'm faced with a challenge. You know, when things that come into my life that I don't understand why it's happening, why it's occurring, why it's there, why it's present, why is this happening to me? Things, like, things that you and I don't have control of. Like when you find out that you're about to lose your job because of this situation that you're in, that we are in right now. Or if you've heard a diagnostic from the doctors, the doctors that you don't agree with, that you don't like. Or you are stuck in debt, or you are in a difficult time in your marriage, or when you don't know when you are getting your next meal. Real problems, real issues that you don't have solutions for. Or even the mental capacity and ability to understand why it's happening in our lives, in your life. Transformers, I want to turn your attention to Job once again. And if you don't know who Job is, research him, read about him. He's an amazing man of God. Such an amazing man of God. One of my heroes. And if you didn't know who Job is, Job was a man, a man who had it all. Right? He had the land, he had the, the wealth, he had everything he could ever ask for, he could ever think of. A man who had it all blessed beyond measure. He had land, he had wealth, and then suddenly, suddenly the devil comes in and destroys it. He was hit with things from his family, his friends, his kids, and his body. You know, how many times have we been in that situation that everything in our lives was going perfectly and then suddenly it comes down and gets destroyed? Job was that man. He was faced with challenges well beyond his understanding. There was even a point where he was down on the dirt questioning, why do I even bother? His friends and most important of all, his wife, who was there, who was supposed to be supporting him, told him to just kill yourself and curse God already. Gave him a hard time and giving him bad advice. But you know what I love about Job? This is what happened. You know, even though he was going through all that tough times, the lowest part, the, the lowest of love in his life, the toughest time of his life. And it comes from Job chapter 13, verse 15. It's one of my most favorite verse in the scriptures. It says this, Job chapter 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. This man who had it all, had everything they could ever think of, he could ever ask for. And had it all gone in the blink of an eye, managed to praise God even through the toughest situation in his life. Job didn't understand. He didn't understand it yet because he was in the present. He was living in the present. See, God doesn't always show himself in the present. God doesn't always show himself in the now. He exists in it. He is omniscient, He is omnipotent. But God is always in the business of providing a successful future for you and I. God knows who you are right now. God knows where you are right now. You are a now person. I am a now person. Like, I want that car right now. 
I want that boat right now. I want that girl. I want that boy right now. God doesn't always work in the now. Right? Because he knows where we are. We are in the now. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. What does that mean? We don't understand it yet. Because God is doing something. Our minds cannot process what God is doing in our lives right now. We just don't see it. He is performing miracles after miracles. Even if you don't see it, He is already working. He is already moving. Even when we don't understand it right now, why all this stuff is happening to us, trust God that He is already working. He is already providing. And Transformers, I want to bless you with these words that God has just put in my heart. Your King is in the room. Your healer is in the room. Your savior is in the room. Your provider is in the room. Your redeemer is in the room. Your champion is in the room. I don't know what you're going through today, but if you don't understand it yet, that's okay. Know this, that God doesn't always show himself in the now because he is building what will become. So if you are struggling today, God is already moving. It's okay to not understand it yet, but God is already moving. Third point, and my final point today. Not yet. Not yet. You know, we live in such a fast-paced and rushed world that we get sucked in and we get caught up with it too, you know? We need this washing machine right now. You need this car right now, as we mentioned before. And you need this and this and this. You need the new phone right now. And we get caught up in it. We're so gullible. We're so vulnerable that we do it so much. You know, how many times in your life have you gotten something that you knew you didn't need right now, but you got it anyway? Or how many times have you wanted for God to just take you out of the situation that you are in right now? You know, like, like you're praying, God, Lord, take me out of this right now. I can't handle it. Please get me out. That's me. I pray that so many times. And I need to remind yourself. And I need to remind myself. You know, God is saying not yet. God is saying not yet. I have a plan. Trust me. I have a plan to prosper you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I have a plan to prosper you, not to destroy you, but plans to build you up. Not yet. We give up. We throw in the towel and we emotionalize things because it's tough. But I want to remind you that God is building what will become. So don't worry. Not yet. Tell yourself this. Not yet. I want to remind you about Paul and Silas today. Again, if you don't know who Paul and Silas is, research Read about them. They're amazing, amazing people of God. But this comes from Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 40. I won't be reading all of it, but I'm just going to quickly summarize. So Paul and and Silas were on their way to pray, right? They're on their way to pray. And then suddenly, right, they were just walking around on the way to pray. And suddenly there is this girl who had a spirit that predicted the future, kind of like a fortune teller, right? So she comes up to them and shouts to everyone, kind of like they mock, she's mocking them, right? And shouts to everyone around, 
These guys are Christ followers and they're here to tell you how you will be saved. And the scripture says that she kept this for many days. She kept this for many, many days. So finally, Paul became annoyed. I would be too, honestly. Paul became annoyed. He turned around and commanded the Spirit to come out of her in the name of Jesus. And then the Spirit left. So when the people who were the girl's boss, the woman's boss, found out that the money wasn't coming in because that's how she made money. Right? She would tell people's fortunes and he would, she would predict their future and they'd pay her and then she would give um, the money to her boss. Right? And they found out that the money wasn't coming in. Paul and Silas were arrested and they were thrown into prison. They were beaten, they were tortured, they were stripped, and then they were put into prison. If you're following along with me, I want to read from verse 25. So Acts chapter 16, verse 25. And it says this. If you have the word with you, if you have the scriptures with you, um, read with me. Verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was, a, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, verse 33, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. How awesome is that? He and his household, it's amazing what God can do in the toughest situations of our lives. It's, it's amazing what God can do through you in your toughest situation. But, but just imagine this for a second. Again, use your imagination. Imagine this for a second. If God took them out of that, of that situation right there and then, before they were even put into prison. If God just says, okay, you guys are not going to be in prison. If He did something right there and then to, uh, to avoid going into prison, it would have been all sweet for Paul and Silas. They would have gotten out, they were still happy, still praising God. But we knew, and they knew that God doesn't work that way. They remembered what Job said, that I will trust in God. And look what happened. Look what happened. They were, they were saved. The jailer was going to kill himself because the prisoners were going to escape. But Paul and Silas gave him the good news that turned something horrible into something amazing. God said, not yet. Wait, not yet. And then something amazing happens. Again, God could have chosen to save them earlier, but He knew, He knew about that one soul the re- and the rest of the souls that that one can and will save. And this ties in with what we were talking about just earlier. God doesn't always show Himself in the now, but that doesn't mean that He isn't working. 
He is building what will become. It is up to us how we are going to respond to that. Are we going to say, I can't do it yet. Not yet. Or I don't understand it yet. Or are we just going to give up and throw in the towel? What are we going to do? Paul and Silas opened up their mouth. They were praising. They were praying even in their toughest situation. Job, who lost everything, praised God even in his toughest situation. Praise opens the avenue for miracles. When everything fails, open up your mouth and let God hear your song. Let God hear your hurt. I don't know how many times personally this this has happened to me. I can attest to that. I can testify to that. But there is something about praising God even during the toughest situation in your lives. Even when it seems like impossible, I know that as soon as I call upon His name, I will be saved. Even when... Everything else is falling apart around me. I, even when everything else is failing around me, as soon as I call upon His name, I praise His name, I shout His name, I sing about His name, I worship His name, I will be saved. That God has never failed me yet. Even when things don't go our way, like when you find out you're, that, that you're about to lose your job, or hear a diagnostic from the doctors that you don't like, or if you are stuck in debt, or you're in a difficult time in your marriage, or when you don't know when your next meal is going to come. Real problems, real issues that you don't have solutions for. God has never failed. God has never failed yet. He will never fail now, and He will never fail ever. And if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for a miracle in your life because we serve a miracle-working God. So if you are in that tough situation right now, I want to pray for you, church. Let's pray together. Let's pray together this morning. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you. We honor you and we praise you. God, we just want to thank you for all the listeners that you've brought here under the sound of my voice, God. That you will bless them, that you will anoint them, that you will be with them through every situation in their lives, God. And I want to thank you right now for all of the hearts that have received your word this morning or this evening or whenever they are watching this or listening to this, God. Father, we want to thank you right now for what you are going to do in our lives, Lord. That we, don't, we sometimes don't even see you working yet, God, but we believe and we know that you are doing miracles right now. We want to thank you. We want to commit the rest of this night or this morning into your hands. In Jesus' name we all say and pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.